0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: We're reacting to week seven of NFL action on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome into the RotoViz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We're two of the owners here at RotoViz ready to break down some week seven action. As always, some surprises, some interesting games, maybe a fun one here on Monday night. I need some points from uh my boy Alvin Kamara. How are you doing, Curtis?
2: Doing great, man. Uh, most of my, most of my matchups were resolved heading into the night, except for a couple leagues where, uh, I've got, uh, Alvin Kamara, all of the Tyler Lockett team seems, to, uh, those matchups seem to have already been resolved. And, uh, I, the big thing I'm looking forward to tonight is do we, do we get any penny? Do we get any Rashad penny?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, hopefully we'll have something exciting to talk about, uh, Later in the week as a result of that, but without further ado, let's hear about week sevens player of the week.
2: Oh man, it can only, it's, it's the new dynasty wide receiver one, Dave. It's gotta be Jamar chase. He just keeps setting the world on fire week after week after week. Huge, huge game uh and a must. I mean, really a must see TV event with the Bengals and the Ravens for uh AFC North supremacy. The Bengals sit atop the AFC. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) what what is what is happening right now? But it's it's all because of the Burrow and Chase connection. Uh Jamar Chase posts an insane line of eight receptions for 201 receiving yards and a receiving touchdown. Um the Ravens have been very susceptible uh, through the air this year. I mean, even dating back to the first few weeks of the season, we saw Las Vegas light them up. Um, So it's, this is not the Ravens defense of old, but the fact that chase and burrow are doing this so early into chase's Bengals tenure is just so impressive Um, on pace for one of the most impressive rookie seasons of all time, if not the most impressive rookie season of all time. Uh, I think we're going to have to buckle up for this Bengals offense the next couple of seasons, Dave. So Jamar Chase, congratulations on your first fantasy player of the week uh, award on the road of his fantasy football show. I highly doubt this will be your last.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No way it will be his last. I thought it was possible you might pivot and go with a Browns player in Dearness Johnson who came uh, in in relief for some teams and put up a nice game on Thursday yeah. night. But, but uh, hard to deny, Chase, and it's good that we already... Got to talk about him after that 200-yard performance. Snoozer of the week. Oh, boy. Sam Darnold had come out of the gates firing Curtis, if people remember. Uh, in The first couple games of the year had five rushing touchdowns, which elevated his fantasy production. He has come crashing down over the weekend, just 16 of 24 for 64 yards against the New York Giants. In his last three weeks, has gone 54 of 103 for just 495 yards, two touchdowns, and five interceptions. And in that stretch, just 23.6 fantasy points. Sam Darnold getting real ugly and is the snoozer of the week.
2: Yeah, I'm not going to even add anything.
1: Okay. That actually was not the sound effect I was looking for. We're going to leave that in. There we go. Game notes. All right. Let's start over in the NFC. I want to talk here about the Atlanta Falcons, mainly because we now have Kyle Pitts with another solid game turning into the player we hoped he would be. He's now third in air yards among... Uh, or excuse me, in the game over the weekend was third in air yards among all players, had 163 receiving yards on seven receptions with eight targets. At this point in the year, he has the highest air yard share of any tight end at 28.2% of Atlanta's air yards. Um, Cordero Patterson has a target share of 14.9 other than Ridley. And Pitts, he's the only player on the team with more than 10% of the team's passing share. Atlanta does rank third in pass attempts per game, which I guess helps out those guys that aren't Ridley or Pitts. But really, uh, we are seeing no wide receivers or tight ends in Atlanta that could draw flex consideration other than Ridley and Pitts and, of course, Patterson at the running back position. But it's interesting how this is playing out, just more reasons to be excited about Pitts. And uh, just a really impressive start to his NFL career.
2: Yeah, man. Back to back weeks with over 23 PPR and, and, and Titan premium, he's already proving to be a, a cheat code. So that bye week in between kind of throws you off of uh, the momentum that, that Pitts has stacked up here. But uh, in the last two games against the New York jets and, and Miami dolphins, greater than seven or more receptions in each game, uh, over 115 receiving yards in each game had the touchdown versus the jets um not you know jamar chase uh wins the week in, ter- in terms of um overall impressiveness from the rookie but Kyle Pitts doing it at that um, you know, start one position for fantasy purposes uh, makes him even more of a cheat code, uh, which is what everyone had in mind when they selected him so high in the rookie drafts last spring. So yeah, l- love the highlight there on the Falcons offense as well. There's so few pieces that I think this is sustainable.
1: Yeah, I really do too, which is one of the reasons to focus on this team. So I'm excited about Atlanta. Well, in particular, I'm, I'm excited about Pitts. I guess I would say in Atlanta moving forward. What do you have for me over in the AFC?
2: Yeah, I want to stay with the Bengals. Um, you know, we've already, uh, hit on chase in his impressive game. Um, what's really interesting is I think T Higgins probably has a really big week coming soon. Um, despite, despite Chase's insane performance, so much of it came on, uh, you know, that, that yak on the 80 plus yard, uh, reception that he took to the house, broke a couple tackles, uh, on, on just a a little bit of a skinny, skinny post or a short slant, whatever you want to call it. And then, uh, evaded the tacklers. But that really was almost half of his yards. T Higgins actually had 179 air yards of the game and a 45.4% air yard share. Um, In the game, him and Burrow just aren't connecting. Um, This goes back to kind of what we were talking about with Stefan Diggs about a month ago, Dave, and it was just two short weeks later that he ended up having his best game of the season. So T Higgins uh, managers aren't getting what they want out of Higgins after selecting him, you know, in the fourth, fourth round, fifth round. And best ball drafts this uh, you know, this draft season. Um, but I th- I think he will eventually get there. Teams will start to scheme more heavily for Chase. That's gonna open things up for Higgins. And the Bengals have proven they're gonna continue to score points. And where Higgins had so much of his success last season uh was actually, you know, scoring touchdowns. So he's gonna get his opportunities. I look for Higgins to have a strong second half. If you want to read a little bit more Uh, thoughts on Higgins uh, Sean Siegel's article uh, his Monday drop came out he focuses on the Bengals offense and uh, shares some of his his thoughts around Higgins and his disappointment the other thing that's interesting is Tyler Boyd essentially has been just relegated to like he's like C minus Cole Beasley now in this offense because he's been usurped by CJ Uzoma Uh, speaking of breakout tight ends man um, this is like his third boom game of the season And, you know, this summer, Dave, we talked about Dawson Knox, uh, you brought him up and I was able to co-sign it. Thankfully, um, you know, targeting the tight ends and, you know, the elite offenses, because even if they're not the number one or number two option, or even the number three option, when teams score, uh the tight ends are you know they're just as likely to benefit as anyone else. And Uzoma's putting up a, a Robert tunyon esque year. Uh three receptions, 91 yards, two touchdowns against the Ravens. Uh the Bengals just excite at nearly every position. And uh yeah, man, who day.
1: Yeah, so key point there, right? Uh, Uzama and, and the success that he's had as of late. We haven't really seen some of that translate into Higgins, but this was something that, as you pointed out, when we talked about yeah. Buffalo and some of the troubles for Diggs, we said, well, some of the touchdowns that Dawson Knox is scoring should eventually go over to Diggs. I think we're going to see the, th- the same thing with Higgins and certainly a team that looks like it's going to be generating a ton of fantasy excitement for the foreseeable future. Let's head back over to the NFC. We've talked a lot on the show about Daryl Henderson, about Cooper Cup. We haven't really talked that much, though, about Matthew Stafford. At this point, he's thrown 19 touchdown passes. Only Tom Brady has thrown more. He's tied with Kyler Murray at 9.0 yards per attempt for the most from quarterbacks that have played a full complement of games at this point. And that's helped the team to place third in first downs, keeping the chains moving, keeping players in his offense relevant. Uh, it is interesting though. And we talked about this early on in the year. And I said, this looked like a trend to me that couldn't hold, but it might. So through seven games, Cooper cup now has a target share of 33.8%. Robert Woods is at 20.8 van Jefferson at 13.8 Tyler Higby at 13.8, uh, Daryl Henderson, you might be interested to know is at 9.2. And then in the last three games, Curtis Cooper cup, target share. Robert Woods, Mm. 23.6. Tyler Higby, 14.2. Van Jefferson, 14.2. So Stafford in recent games has actually concentrated that target share more so into his top four most targeted players. But Cup has held at a 33% target share. Woods moved up to 23.6. I think it's possible that we do see a finish now where Cup is at 32 maybe, or even higher, and Woods sits in at 24, 25%, which would keep Cooper Cup as a top three wide receiver one would have to imagine at season's end. So this is really interesting. Not great for teams that have Robert Woods, I don't think. Great for teams that have Matthew Stafford. And for some of the teams that you and I have that have Cooper Cup, this is fantastic.
2: Oh, yeah, man. 40-plus percent. Exposure, uh, on underdog, uh, and <laughs> yeah, uh, Cooper cup every year, just, or every week, just keep on mentioning his name because few things have made me happier this season than, than getting Cooper cup, um, right. And Matthew Stafford, right. Uh, that this offense would, um, find some of the magic back, uh, from the early McVay years, uh, in, in Los Angeles. So, um, from a dynasty application there too, you know, I do think it's, it's worth noting, um, Van Jefferson in year two, you know, he was an older prospect and didn't really get much traction as a rookie in 2020. Um, but you you know, when we look forward to 2022, if cups target share were to start to diminish as he ages, um, or, you know, were the team to just kind of rebalance and, and go to, um, kind of go back to, uh, Uh, more so of the 11 personnel and and three wide and and spreading things more evenly, you know, Jefferson could creep up into that 18 to 20% target share range, which would make him fantasy viable as a flex. Uh, So from a dynasty perspective, I don't think he has much value yet. Um, to your league mates. But um, this is an offense that I think will, will be strong for several years with Stafford now. So keep an eye on Jefferson. And then, uh, you, you know, also love the, love the Henderson mentions, man. I mean, he's, he definitely is looking like uh, he should be able to maintain that, you know, kind of mid to, to low end RB one status for fantasy purposes this season.
1: For sure. So let's, let's pop back over to the AFC. What else do you have?
0: For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
2: Well, a very frustrating and talked about offense. Uh, I mean, it's just been a yo-yo. as the Miami Dolphins, Dave. Um, you know now they're they're back into the spotlight on a will they won't they trade for Deshaun Watson situation. Uh, Tua Tonga Vailoa it is, is like producing for fantasy purposes, but just not looking very impressive in real football terms. But he is propping up some some pretty impressive uh, fantasy performances from some of the young players. Um, you know Jalen Waddle continues to to be fantasy viable each week. Mike Gesicki looks like a legitimate top half uh, tight end one uh, in PPR and, and, you know, and, in tight end premium, you know, he's like a top 30 overall receiver, um, when you mix him in with, uh, with the wideouts, but the player that I think, um, has a chance to really stack things up moving forward due to an injury, Dave is miles Gaskin. (laughs) And it's been very difficult to figure this guy out, but he was the third, uh, third highest scoring running back in the AFC, uh, this week with 17.7 PPR and Malcolm Brown heads to IR. So, you know, now it's just Gask- Gaskin and Salvan Ahmed, and the team does not look as intent on keeping him involved as they did uh, with Malcolm Brown. I-, I think Gaskin has a chance to have a clearer runway as a very dependable RB2 for fantasy purposes the, the rest of the season. Um, so, you know, I think two weeks ago we had said, hey, might make sense to to pick up Gaskin. Um either you know, by spending all of your fab after he had been kicked to the curb or maybe as a sneaky trade target, uh, I'm not gonna claim to have been able to, you know, predict an injury. um but the, the he's shown he can produce when he gets the volume. um he's at least a, he he's at least a representative level uh, NFL running back. and uh, now without a real challenger, Um, You know, he should be looking at a 60 to 70% touch share uh, in Miami for the weeks to come. Uh, So big fan of of Gaskin here in the the middle part of the season.
1: Yeah, it would be exciting to be able to see him have a bit of a resurgence to close out the year, start to approximate more of what we saw last year and thought that it could carry forward. Mm -hmm. A couple of quick notes here on Tua. Uh, He's towards the bottom of the board of passers with over 50 attempts in terms of completion percentage, or excuse me, of catchable uh, pass percentage. Yeah. If you are looking at on target percentage, he's very much towards the bottom too, down there with guys like Zach Wilson and Justin Fields yards per attempt, which normally um, can bring down some of your scores. If you are looking further downfield are pretty low as well. So like you said, He's been able to keep players somewhat fantasy relevant. He himself has been able to be fantasy relevant, but when you start digging in, um, there's not a lot that you can point to about him being, um, you know, a player that could be a difference maker, I think in either a real life or fantasy perspective moving forward, there's probably going to be rumors about Deshaun Watson and Miami until the end of the season, assuming something doesn't happen. Um, But we will have to pay attention to that. The final team I wanted to talk about over in the NFC are the Detroit Lions. In specific, DeAndre Swift, He has the highest target share at this point, Curtis, of all running backs with more than 20% of Detroit Lions targets going his way, which is good because it's offsetting his somewhat inefficient play as a rusher. He's averaging just 3.4 yards per carry, which normally I wouldn't care that much about, but that's actually a full yard less than Jamal Williams. But that might not matter as a result of the workload he is receiving As a receiver, he is second in total points right now among running backs, which, I mean, that's huge. We're going to have to talk at some point about what you do with a player like DeAndre Swift from a dynasty perspective. He has outplayed what I expected he'd be able to do this year, overcoming any issues that there might be in Detroit. So super impressed with him. I had talked a couple of weeks ago about Amon Ross St. Brown as a player to pay some attention to, saw his target share starting to rise in that time though, Kalief Raymond has really stepped up. His last three games, 17 targets, 152 yards, had a touchdown, has an air yard share of 27.6. And in the past three games, that equates to 176 air yards. So this is a team that is not performing very well in a real life context, but has been able to keep DeAndre Swift doing well. TJ Hawkinson, not as great as it looked like he could be at the start of the season, still producing around 12 and a half fantasy points per game. And now Raymond looks like a guy that we could use to kind of navigate the bye week stretch as we continue to have to deal with injuries and bye weeks.
2: Hey, you know, I think uh, the Lions are set up to, to give us that that garbage time appeal. Um, it's not going to be widespread, but we, we, there's a team or two like this every single season. And there's one in the AFC that, you know, kind of reminding me of this. They're just providing the, um, they're providing the fantasy utility to different positions, but you know, the Houston Texans are another case study on that. You know, Brandon cooks, um, is, and that's not my team here. So I'm just getting an extra (laughs) team drop in here just, just because, you know, your, your real life bad doesn't mean, you know, you can't continue to produce. So, um, Swift total league winner, Hawkinson. Um, you know, very impressive. And and I do think it makes sense to continue to try to speculate. I mean, because at some point the lions are going to direct, uh, that wide receiver target share. Somebody is going to emerge, you know, it's week seven and nobody really, really has. Um, but somebody's going to, you know, by the end of the season, um, be, you know, be at least streamable in, in your flex. So, uh, continuing to highlight the Lions makes a lot of sense. I want to go to a team team that's also in in turmoil um, out in Las Vegas. Uh, You know, Johnny Gruden is out. Um, The the team's played two games in in the post-Gruden era. And, you know, the the offense is functioning a little bit differently. Uh, They're more running back heavy. Part of that has to do with Darren Waller being a little bit ouchy. But would it surprise you to learn, Dave, that over the last two weeks in those two games, Kenyon Drake is RB6 in fantasy. What? Um, yes. Yes. Kenyon Drake is RB6 over wow. the last two weeks with, with 38.2 PPR. That ties him with Joe Mixon. Um, You know, the only only backs in front of him are, are Damian Harris off of his huge week seven, obviously. Uh, DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, Lenny Fournette, and Derrick Henry. Only backs in front of Kenyon Drake over the last two weeks. Now that's aided a little bit. Uh, by Jacobs, um, exiting early in week seven with the chest contusion, you know, thankfully it looks like yep. he's going to be okay. But both of these guys actually are our fantasy RB ones over the last two weeks. Josh Jacobs also has 31 points. So we, we went from both of these guys being wow. kind of fantasy afterthoughts the first month and a half of the season to now both of them looking like viable RB twos. Um, you know, it's it's something to watch. It's definitely something to watch. Um, we're gonna have to be careful with Darren Waller coming back. You know, they might have to take turns. Um, but but I thought that it was it was really notable. Um, you know, I think our Monday review tool for for those of you who uh, um haven't acquainted yourself with that on the site yet really helps me highlight these little mini trends like this. And uh, you know, pick potential you know players to to target or give more starter consideration to in my lineups because you know a guy like Drake, a guy like Jacobs, these are these are players that it will take it, it will take the projection machines on the various fantasy apps or sites that you play on weeks to catch up to these trends. So whether you're playing on Yahoo or ESPN or or Sleeper or whatever site that you're playing you know games on uh, FFPC the projections are going to lag because of what happened early in the season. So, you you know, you want to see what's actually happened and, and note those team trends. So Drake has made the most of his opportunity and, and oddly enough, they're almost leaning more on him as the runner. And then Jacobs has been more involved as a receiver, which is like opposite of what Gruden had told us the team was going to do with these guys all along. (laughs) So um, yeah. Any, any, any comments on the Raiders backfield there, Dave?
1: Well, that is absolutely wild. So, Drake went off in Week Six. Had I want to say it was like thirty nine fantasy points. Um, Might have been a little bit less, but but so I knew he, I, I knew he had crushed it that that week. But to actually hear you say how high he was up in uh, totals is absolutely nuts where he ranks yeah. a, among running backs between week six and seven. That's a really yeah, interesting had, trend. He, oh, go ahead.
2: He, he had uh he had 16.9 again this week. So not to be, you know, uh, not to be buried um, just, you know, with, with the big week six, he, he as you know, pending Monday night football results, he's going to be an RB one again this week.
1: Yeah. So that is absolutely wild. And that's a pretty radical shift. Uh, and, I'm kind of inclined to say, yeah, it's only been two games, but this seems like something with the team kind of changing its identity that could continue to carry forward. Then on top of the things that you said, and we'll have to actually tomorrow when we have all of the data, we can run the calculation for players' expected points. But in terms of NFL expected points added, you actually have Kenyon Drake in week six and seven ranking fifth among all running backs. And then Josh Jacobs comes in around thirteen or 14. So that doesn't always guarantee that those things are going to line up with the different ways that things are calculated, but that is a pretty clear indicator that these guys are seeing valuable opportunities. And then on top of that, they're making uh, the most of those opportunities that they're getting. So that's a fantastic pull there, Curtis. This is going to be really interesting to see move along. Uh, Let me ask you this question though. Do you think that somebody out there in a redraft league that has Kenyon Drake is going to be willing to part with him after what they got the last two weeks.
2: You know, I don't know. Uh you, you would have to find the right name you'd have to find the right name value um in, in a redraft league. You know, by bi- by bi- weeks make people do funny things though, too. Um and you know, I don't I would have to pull up the the Raiders by bi- week. Um I don't have it handy. Um I think I ca- it's coming up you. soon. It might it's actually it might even it's, it's be week, week eight.
1: eight. It's week eight.
2: Yes. And so this is actually a great opportunity. Um, it's a great opportunity to pull him if, if, you know, the team, especially, you know, I think middling teams, uh, middling managers, you know, three and four, four and three, um, even a two and five team out of desperation trying to stay relevant, you know, they've got to fill those starting lineup spots, you know, and, and, you know, with players who project to at least keep them in the mix this week. Um, most managers probably missed probably missed Drake's huge Week Six. I think because of the way he had been trending, um, but many more may have started him this week. Um, at, you know, as a result of of uh, the previous week's production, so a uh, good opportunity to to pull him. Um, you know, I, I think maybe a player like Melvin Gordon um, that has a little bit of name value. You know, I'm just trying to think of guys who. Have some brand name recognition, and, and will be in the lineup, and have you know maybe paced with Drake before the big breakout week. So the, that's the like the type of player I would be trying to move um, for for Kenyon Drake this week.
1: Yeah, so definitely something to consider. See what you can put together. Um, looks like a week that might be conducive to at least making an offer to see if you can get Drake. So we will be back tomorrow, Curtis. Hopefully, we have some interesting results from Monday night <laughs> that we can discuss. Uh, I've seen a little bit of the game. Uh, ha- had some uh, excitement between uh, DK Metcalf and Marshall and Lattimore, so we'll have to see how that continues to go. But uh, we will be back tomorrow, and uh, we appreciate everyone stopping by. Thank you for listening to the roto Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com, Follow us on Twitter at DaveKabenFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.